da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Okay, it's MCU talk. We're back here for a little bit of uh, Chloe Zhao talk as well. We hope the VIPs have enjoyed our MCU retrospective that we've been throwing down in there. We're working our way to Endgame by the end of the year. We'll get there. So we're we're taking a look back. We're taking a 2021 perspective at those and seeing how they've aged. And we're moving into a new phase of things with the WandaVisions and the Captain America's Winter Soldiers, Falcons of the world. And so here we are at Eternals, a whole new phase of the MCU. Welcome in. I'm Kent with Richard and Brian, the regular crew for another episode. Hey, guys. Hey, buddy. Brian's back from um, Disney World. Did you get, mm. is the Guardians of the Galaxy ride there, Brian? No, not yet. There's one in Disneyland. Oh, okay. Um, Got it. But there is a Guardians ride coming to Epcot in, I think, 2023. Probably timed around. I think I saw that on James movie. Gunn's uh-huh. uh, yep. Instagram or something. Yeah. Yeah, I saw like a behind the scenes thing of the Disneyland one. It's, there's a... There's a, a series on Disney Plus called Behind the Attraction that uh, we watched quite a bit over the last few weeks mm-hmm. trying to get Coop pumped yeah, for it's this really trip, good. get him ready. It's pretty cool. It's a cool, cool thing. But yeah, they, they just, there's, a little, there's a little glimpse of the, the Guardians ride, at least the one in Disneyland. Um, looks, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Epcot's awesome. about to, um, no one cares about this, but just in case, Epcot's about to, to get really, they finally kind of like, all right, the whole education thing is cool, but like, what if we also had rides here? That'd be awesome because it's a theme park. So yeah. There's a Guardians ride coming. Um, they're doing some like Moana thing. They are. I mean, they're they're renovating a whole bunch of of attractions as well and stuff. So they're trying to to increase that presence a little bit for the for the kids. Not You're just telling me Cooper wasn't enthralled by the pagodas of Western Asia. <laughs> so we were there during Food and Wine Festival, which was the plan because Food and Wine Festival is a, a blast. Um, but it's like. If you've been to Disney World, if you've been to Epcot, or it's the back half is this the world section, and it's just like cool food and lots of drinks, awesome. And then like, would you like to learn about Japan? I would not. Would you please give me a drink? That would be awesome. You know? um, the <laughs> Saki front Bob, side please. though, and is, I'm gonna do the fist pound thing really offensively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the front side still has a, has some rides, and some of them are like sort of educational, and some are not, and and a lot of them are really cool. They have like a test track thing where you kind of like build your own Chevy and then it takes it through a series so, of tests and stuff. Coop thought it was the greatest thing ever. So they're finally starting to figure out like, all right, we've got to put in a few like roller coasters here too. It can't just be excellent education and, and it just be a, a sphere. That's that was basically <laughs> yeah. a sphere yeah. and some pagodas. That was Epcot. Um, <laughs> so I've seen that they do have an Avengers. Uh, I think that's in Disney and, uh, in California, yeah, correct. Yeah, the the Avengers movie. Campus that looks uh-huh. incredible, yeah. and it's about time that they start, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, capitalizing on that for the theme parks. Because I think, yeah, you can do some really awesome stuff. I've seen online, and I saw a little YouTube video on how they did this. Like they have a Spider Man that literally flies through the air, like Spider Man, mm-hmm. at yeah. the park, like at random times through the day, and it's not like a a, a person flying. It's like a robot kind of thing. So yeah. it like performs uh-huh, yeah. like Spider-Man, yeah. like it does right. all these crazy tricks and flies around and like spins webs and stuff. That's unbelievable. So some of the, some of the Imagineering 
goes behind yeah. that is yeah it's is, crazy is the infrastructure i always tell people it's like i get it disney world seems like it's it, it, it is for kids it seems like it's super kitty and all that sort of stuff but like the infrastructure of it and the efficiency and and the the attention to detail and stuff is is fascinating to me yeah. it really is every time so the artistry time. yeah it is yeah it's amazing it's, no it's super cool it's the kent and i the same thing whenever you go see uh i mean disney on a much bigger scale but we always talk about that whenever we would go see like Monday Night Raw live sure. or like WrestleMania, you're like, wow, sure. they packed this whole thing up and do it mm-hmm. again tomorrow. And yeah, you're more this. fascinated by like yeah. the fireworks and all the <laughs> lights than you yeah. are the actual storyline yeah. of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I, that's 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 a good that's a good segue because that's kind of how I am with movies. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. hard for me sometimes to detach myself from, gosh, the cinematography is great, or I love the score, or you know, those types of things when you're looking at things critically and just sink into the story. So it's good to have immersive experiences. I saw this one at the theater. It was a movie tavern type of thing. So it was the whole, uh, can I get more Diet Coke? I got I had a Diet Coke and you never brought it here, you know, behind me the whole time. But, <laughs> and, the, and the screen was oddly small. Like I've been to movie taverns before, the dine-in theaters before, but the screen was felt oddly small. I don't know if they've They've crammed another theater into this place or something and, and shrunken them down, but it was not ideal. I mean, I wasn't a theater for this, but it wasn't the i like the IMAX experience that I wished it, it wished it had been. So that was a that was a bit disappointing. Brian, did you do the did you spring for Dolby Atmos or anything like that? <laughs> no, sorry, Shane, I didn't. Oh, uh, Shane is. I, I've been in the XD theater thing, yeah, which is like the sort of I don't know seventy five percent to that, I guess. What's uh, it called? The XD theater. XD. Oh, okay, got it. I've been in there the last couple of times. I didn't this time because the the time worked out better. That's just where everyone's nude, right? Uh huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's they just uh, edited it. Yeah, I don't really understand why Clifford the Big Red Dog is going to be in XD, <laughs> but you know, I, I guess you, everybody's I got you their will. thing. So but yeah, I'm going to be there, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder why they call him the Big Red Dog. I mean, <laughs> you'll find out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I saw it in a bigger theater than you did i i think kit but i just just did the uh the generic what's cool about the theater the dolby is is the sound i remember they had one when i lived at my last place they had one near me and i saw a couple movies there and for horror movies i remember seeing uh us and get out in this theater and like the, the seats like shake because of all the bass they have like subwoofers down there i know this the picture is Quality is probably better, but I went in there for the sound. Like the sound mm-hmm. in those was was amazing. Richard, you didn't have a great sound experience with this one. Though. I didn't. I'm, I I texted you guys when when COVID happened. We talked about what will happen to the uh, movie theater. I sort of you know I took a take because uh, it's important to do that on these shows. And I was just quite frankly tired of going to the movie theater because we went five hundred something times in the, in the eight years of doing the show or whatever. It felt like two hundred sometimes, whatever. And uh, I was tired of it and I was not missing it. And I kind of danced on the grave in the movie theater saying, yeah, I don't miss this at all. And uh, karma is biting me because I had the uh, I had the duffel bag experience with uh, James Bond where I barely eluded a, a terrorist attack. And I really learned a lot about myself because I didn't really I didn't fight anyone off or do anything. I just complained. And then you didn't even like seat. roll up a newspaper or, no, a yeah. or anything. I, I would be a terrible me in a Jason Bourne movie would just be me <laughs> kind of reading the room and just getting out as quickly as possible. It just turns um, into a Stanley Tucci movie real yeah, fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's my like super I just kind of like, eh, I don't like the vibe here. And then I leave and I go out of my way and then I stop 
Grab made a, a nice pasta halfway through. Though, <laughs> yeah, <so>. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, this time my mix was just awful. And at first I was like, gosh, come on, Disney. Like, get it. And then I was like, no, there's no way. And then I went and talked to – there was only like five people in the theater. And it was my only window I could see it. And they were like, yeah, that theater will do that on you pretty much. Like it'll <laughs> – it's kind of loud with the uh, old score because the score was just super loud. And then the dialogue, like I was having to read lips. And I have some weird ears too, so maybe it was worse for me than anybody else. But uh, – so then I moved and I made it like 20% better. But then I just kept moving around trying to like <laughs> find different pockets. <laughs> so I'm sure I was making the other four people in the theater very nervous. They didn't seem to move or be bothered by this at all. I don't know what drugs they were on. But it was just like, I mean, literally. It was, it was, it was, it was quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? Okay. Cersei, right? Is it Cersei? Game of Thrones, I'm trying to get out characters' names and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, um, way. yeah. Okay, yeah stop there. Yeah, very, yeah. very odd for, for multiple Game of Thrones actors to be in this and the main character <laughs> be named Cersei. I don't know. That was very, yeah. what are we doing here? Can we not, we're not doing stuff. That's a, that's a slight criticism off the top, yeah. but continue your, your point. No, no, I'm done. I mean, it was say. just, I, I, it didn't, the movie was not ruined. I was able to find a good, decent sound pocket where I was able to follow, which is all you want, but. Did not make it. Will, did not make me mourn the loss. If as these, you know what always has great sound? My couch always rocks. Great TV, headphones, no. man. I've rocked the headphones yeah, for the too. whole pandemic. You sync those Bluetooth <laughs> yeah. up to the Roku or whatever it is. You know, oh man, life changing. And hardly ever does someone leave an anonymous duffel bag in my living room and then leave. I mean, it happens. Of course, that's mm-hmm. going to happen, um, but rarely. Um, so yeah, it did not make me. Uh, wistful for I'm, I'm waiting i need to there'll be a couple other things that are theatrically only over the next month and i'm, I'm hoping to get that magical experience again right now i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm wistfully i'm like we keep waiting I'm, for it yeah i'm i'm now much more i'm romanticizing peak COVID much more than i'm romanticizing <laughs> the movie theater experience which is not how i want to be at all i want to move on so bad that i'm they're not making it easy for me, but it's Pining okay. for the days of the Tiger King. I get yeah. it. I understand. <laughs> exactly. The, the Theodore Rex days. You know how there's, <laughs> you know, there's silent discos. You've heard of those, mm-hmm. right? You've got to be at those parties or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Why don't they do that for a movie theater where everybody gets a pair of headphones? Yeah, and you can maybe have a have it where you can mix it, like if you want. And you it, can turn it up certain, as loud as you want. Yeah. And you don't hear people around you talking or their baby crying. That seems like a I seems like, like a good idea. Life, just walking. Yeah, that's actually cool. that is a really good idea. That's a great idea, Kent. Like, and Let's even just like yeah, BYO headphones too. Just have and a it's big not Bluetooth like, thing you can tie into, yeah. and, and you still kind of have the 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 experience where you feel the energy of the room, right. you know. But you're not, yeah, um, drown. You you can hear the what the the movie is basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I the last movie Marvel movie I saw in the theaters might have been Spider Man. Yeah. Far from home, maybe? Didn't we do one? And when I saw that, maybe. No, I guess not. Not in theaters, I don't think. Yeah. Shang-Chi? Did you guys watch it? Shang-Chi? I saw that one in the theaters. Yeah. Yeah. But Shang-Chi, that was what it was. Shang-Chi. Yeah. Black Widow, we saw it at home. Yeah. Um, Much to Charlotte. Scarlet's so <laughs> yeah. chagrin. We saw it at home. And I invoiced um, her for it. I said, no, you owe me money. Right out of her pocket. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I can see why she's pissed. <laughs> well, I saw Far From Home and it was, there was, I didn't know that it was uh, like a 
translated subtitles on it. So there was like Mandarin subtitles on the, on the screen. And it's something, you know, they do it every once a week where they'll do it for a, an international audience with subtitles. And I didn't know. And, and the, the audio was in English, so it didn't make a difference. And I still enjoyed the movie, but it was, it reminded me is like, man, subtitles are awesome. And I did see a, an announcement. I think AMC said, um, they're going to start doing that at theaters. Like they're, yeah. they're going to start offering yeah. subtitled movies of regular movies where you can go in and see it with regular subtitles. Like, man, that is, I would have loved for that for Eternals. I like that. <laughs> I There's that. one thing I don't like it on though, and it's comedies. Yes. I went and saw. Or it ruins the joke. Yeah. I went and saw, I remember when I went and saw Trainwreck, that Amy Schumer movie, it was, had, it was a subtitle, you know, once a week that screening had them. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind. I mean, I don't have subtitles on at home, but sometimes I go to people's houses that do have them. And I'm like, yeah, this is great on Netflix or something. And, uh, but it sucked on a comedy because it was like, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm like a fast reader or what, but it was like two tenths mm-hmm. of a second ahead of the joke every time. So I would naturally read that. And I would miss the, you know, there's such a musicality to comedy right. um, that I would miss. But other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm pro subtitle, especially as I get older. Yeah. I, certain situations, I think it, it's yeah. beneficial, especially when you're trying to learn characters and and it's such an in-depth universe like this. I think it could be beneficial. But that's another subject for another day. We've got Chloe Zhao and the Eternals to talk about, or Eternals, I should say. This one's much anticipated for me. Chloe Zhao is probably my number one, one A director right now. I would say coming off the best picture win and the best director win, I can't, it's hard for me to... She's got the belt, I should say, you know? Her is a, she, she took it from Letty A at SummerSlam? Yes, she did. <laughs> Letty A knows what he did. <laughs> yeah. He does. It, now you see me. Yeah, we, we know yeah. what he did. Now, so, yeah. Multiple Woody Harrelsons is what he did. <laughs> did he do the sequel? I can't even remember. I he didn't do the sequel. No, he uh, didn't. Uh, no. He, he just produced it. He just produced it. Yeah. Just he went someone him. else. That's fine. Put his yeah. name on it. You know, you, yeah. when, you, when you can put your name, Louis Lettier's name on something, you do it. <laughs> Absolutely. So Chloe Zhao steps into the director's chair here. She kind of got approached for this after the writer was a success in the uh, independent film circuit and also the festival circuit, uh, which was my number one of that year. I think it was 2017, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that one turned some heads. We got Francis McDormand to say, "Hey, I want you to make this No Midland movie with me, mm-hmm. for me, basically." And she did that, and that was obviously a success. But before that came out, she shot Eternals, and Eternals was supposed to come out last year. Here we are. And what do you guys make of this? Because I. I don't know what to make of it in terms of the context of the MCU. I don't know whether to buy into this as this is it. These are the characters that we are going to be behind. Or is this going to be super ancillary to what's actually going on and so loosely connected to it? I just don't know. Um, That's my big question is where, regardless of what I think about the movie, what should I think about Eternals? in the context of the MCU. And of course we'll find out later, but as I was sitting in the theater, I didn't know how serious to take this, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I had that struggle as well. And I wasn't, 
I wasn't sure. I don't know what I think about this movie. This is a really, I'm, I'm having a hard time, um, even kind of deciding like what, what my grade is going to be and, and all that. I, I will tell you that as I was watching the movie, I kept thinking over and over, I just wish this was its own thing. I wish this was not MCU because it's really not MCU. Like there's like three lines of dialogue that attaches this to the other 24 movies or whatever we're at at this point until, and I know we're going to avoid spoilers, so we won't say it now, but like until the, basically the post credit scenes, there's almost no attachment Mm -hmm. between this and, and the rest of the movies. And I, I kind of wish that it just would have been its own thing. I understand why it's not because if you slap that Marvel label on it, you were guaranteeing, you know, a, a 60 plus million dollar open and, Disney is in the business of making money. They're very good at it. Um, so, like, I understand those things. I know why it was. But especially when you're bringing in Chloe Zhao, and especially when it's such, like, an epic movie, or at least it's trying to be an epic movie, and and it really is kind of creating its own universe, I kind of just wish it was. I just wish it was its own thing. And we'd be like, hey, y'all want to see Eternals 2 in 2024? Yeah, that sounds cool. Does it have any attachment to everything else? No, like, it does not. Like it is not, not every, a Marvel movie. Every yeah. Marvel movie doesn't have to be uh-huh. MCU. Yeah. That's yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Like, how, I mean... Marvel Studios movie. Because we know every Marvel movie. Right, dark. exactly. Like, this is this is Eternals, a Marvel story. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Yeah. I mean... Okay, yeah. I could go for that. Again, I understand why, and they're defi- I definitely think that in five years we're going to say oh, okay like a lot of stuff is sort of the the very base of the groundwork for the next phase yeah. has been laid here with the post credits especially and mm-hmm. how that's going to kind of extrapolate out but I, I i i frankly i maybe selfishly in some ways like i wish it wasn't i wish it was just like this is a series of movies that we created that uh are not you, you don't have to have seen two, 25 other movies to understand these and maybe even more so you don't have to have seen this to understand what's happening in Guardians of the Galaxy three or whatever yeah. else. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm with you, Brian, in terms of just within the context of this. It seems I, I put my trust in Feige totally because he he's able to pull these mm-hmm. magic tricks off and and mix these kind of crazy amount of different not only different characters but really different tones, find a cohesive tone that will blend everything together. Um, I don't know what the sort of tentpole will be in phase whatever we're in new new Marvel right? Um, what the, what the what basically will replace the Avengers to kind of like bring everything together if there even will be anything? Um, but this is t- really out there. It's a whole new feel. It's a whole new type of characters that seem really tough, quite frankly, to to bring in with because we are still going to have you know we are still going to have Guardians and Thor and Spider Man and stuff uh, left over. Um, from from the previous iteration, so figuring out how to blend those, we get a little bit of that. I thought the post uh, credits were were pretty cool in terms of they were the first time I've been surprised by those in a while. Like, oh, okay, sure. you know, because we and not in a bad way. Like the last few um, were so far down the road with the MCU Avengers, you know, Infinity Saga that we it, they were really just new plot points, kind of like. Easter eggy plot points. Like this why is- save the most important stuff for the stuff after the movie? Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I haven't heard understood that much either. But but whereas this is kind of opening new doors in a way, which will be fun mm-hmm. for the next few movies, I think. Um, man, this is a tough one. It's it's a flawed movie in a lot of ways. It's not. It's a lot messier than what we're used to from Marvel. 
and in in really as tight as uh, first Iron Man and Thor and those movies are really is kind of miraculous that they they got it right so early on. I think it would it's much more likely that these will be a little a lot of cool parts, maybe a little messier, and then they'll mm-hmm. kind of figure out what works and wean and tighten and edit and go and buy the sixth movie of this saga. They'll be awesome and with very little you know fat. Um, this has a lot of fat on it, I thought, but there's, there's a cool story here. I like these characters. Again, I'm not a comic book person at all. And so I have never heard of any of these. I, I thought Saba Hayek was like, um, you know, the, uh, like I acts like, you, you know, Johan Cruyff, Brian there for you, that kind of <laughs> Ajax. <laughs> um, it really washed over me in a way that was cool because it was so foreign and I haven't felt that way since. You know, I don't even know. Uh, Thor, really, I guess. I had no idea what it really was. It was. It was. I don't mind this kind of stuff. I just don't know anything about it. So I thought that was cool. That part really worked for me. But then there was some. It was really uh, ethereal and things like that, which is part of what it's looking for. But it didn't have the tightness that I. I love that out of like, you know, a Chloe Zhao indie movie or a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Let's let's meander and let's kind of have all this cool stuff. But in a Marvel movie, like. Let's hit the beats. Let's play the hits mm. and let's go. You know, so that was yep. a little like frustrating, but but we'll see. Yeah, I I think what I said before going into this is I think this is a film that is going to age really well in terms of the context of the MCU. Like I think people are probably going to hammer it really hard because they don't understand stuff, but I think mm-hmm. over time people are going to be like Oh yeah, that was. There. Oh yeah, yeah. that yeah. that makes sense. I I understand what they were doing here. Or okay, the tone of this makes sense now because of where we are. And in terms of tonally, I mean, you've got James Gunn doing Guardians, you've got Taika doing Thor. Mm-hmm. I think you have to have somebody in here that's going to do something a little more grounded. I think Black Panther kind of straddles the line a little bit with lightheartedness and and some of the serious stuff. So I think you you kind of need the Russos. Right, you kind of need somebody that's doing the in-game style stuff, like where you can get into some serious, you know, life-threatening issues and and real life stuff. And I think this is probably the boldest movie Marvel has put out in terms of facing real-world satire, uh, representation, diversity, things like that, where they previously had never really dipped their toes into it. And this is something where there's like, okay, we're all, we're kind of embracing this new phase. This is who we are. This is the tone of it. This is the look of it. And, you know, it's this thing is certainly beefy. I will say that. I, I think the beginning is certainly the worst of it. Uh, it. It takes a long time to get its legs. I think there's probably some reshoots that happened for the beginning stuff. I don't know. I'm not confirming that but it just felt that way especially that opening uh, 2001 space odyssey where they just show up to these uh, you know to early man basically and show and wreak havoc that kind of felt like okay we need a scene for them to show their powers at the beginning because after that it really drags for a long time we don't really get any eternals for a long time but i think there's a point in the movie and we'll get there there's a point in the movie where it really kicked into gear for me and I was completely past like the expositiony stuff, and I yeah. kind of into the second act of the movie is when I started to really be in. And 
course, by the third act, I was just waiting for the post credit scene because I was just saying, okay, I, I've waited two and a half hours. Now, how is, how does this matter? Okay. You know, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, because it, it is a self-contained story at the end of the day. And we'll find out the context later, but that for me was kind of how I felt about it, but it took a long time to get its legs. I will say that uh, it wasn't as tight as you would want, but I don't know why, you know, because I think Chloe knows what a tight movie is. And I think makes me think that some of this stuff is for a reason. You that, know, some of the, and you're good at exposition when you have 5,000 year old characters that you have to mm -hmm. move yeah. across time. I mean, it's not yeah. like you can go, all right, Tony Stark is 35. He's rich. Yes. He's a loud mouth, and, but he's, he's smart. And you can kind of tell maybe he has a heart of gold. Move it on. Cool. Right. Now he's in the, right. now he's in the car, blowing it up, moving. It's like, you've got six main characters and they've been alive since the stone age and we've got to get you there up to current time. I, you know, so that have has to be pretty expositional, mm -hmm. expositional just by nature. You like, have to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. And no, I'm not saying I enjoyed it, but I, I get the challenge of just, that's going to be something. Well, we never have to do that again, you know, unless people remake this like Batman and we got to watch the parent, the pearls fall. But I understand the challenge of that. I don't really put that at Chloe's feet. That's like, that's, that is the hurdle of this movie is this, you know, insane. These are completely, not only are they new characters, they're characters. I don't think that a lot of people have a ton of familiarity with, or maybe I'm just stupid. And, but they have this incredible sort of centuries long backstory that you've got to mm -hmm. contextualize right. and explain to, so that you care about these characters. But what about you, Brian? That's what I was thinking as I was watching this movie. I found myself like kind of, <laughs> especially early, like almost talking myself into giving the movie some grace. Yeah. Cause I just like reminding myself, this is a very difficult task. This is not the same as, uh, bold. Iron Man or Thor or ambitious, even guardians, you know? And, and yeah. it's, it's a, just, it's a very, it, it's a tough, it's a tall task. It's very difficult to pull this off. Yeah. So guardians, trying to give it's it some like, grace. here's a tape player. <laughs> right, and a yeah, spaceship yeah. cool and now you get right. to meet all these characters as he meets them right exactly yeah. and where this yeah. these people have known each other forever it's a weird well, let's, it's name, a let's try yeah. and name a tougher task than this movie for like a superhero movie in terms of bringing something completely new to the fold mm. that almost mm. nobody's heard of Eternals other than mm -hmm. super right. hardcore Marvel Marvel fans. What about like, making a Joker movie? Would you mm. say that that is I'm just kidding please uh, no yeah, I'm you know saying. like I mean Justice League is like Anyone can make a Batman Superman uh, well, movie because we know. No, I mean we know those characters though. Yeah, I mean, no, no. off the shelf, no, I'm, I'm people joking. know who those characters. <laughs> yeah, no. So it, it feels I, like I'm not good at writing at all, and I could write a Joker movie tomorrow. There's, I mean, like it's that's. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't making it. And same, by the way, just so that I don't get death threats. The same goes for like an, a bad Iron Man movie. I, you know, that's nothing. It's it's this is a big deal, and it's also really deep in the comics like this is not even the guardians was like eh, you know this guy's a raccoon okay that sounds fine um mm -hmm. this is like even like trying to tonight i was like all right what what the heck was happening with those uh with with the post credits i want to make sure i have like a, a semi understanding of this and even the the explainers are like <laughs> you know in uh, this obscure <laughs> uh, comic series that ran from this year to this year, this thing happened, and that means that this, you know, all, I mean, it, this is deep in 
to sort of extrapolating what's happening in some of these comic series and stuff. It's just a different thing. It's a it's a much more difficult task than making an Iron Man movie or a Hulk movie or a Black Widow movie or or whatever else. Um, Shang Chi and Doctor Strange have have some of this mm-hmm. built in because of like the sort of mythology of it yeah. and and explainer. But I it, I just don't think that it's as in depth. And you're also explaining in something like Shang Chi, you're explaining. A culture and really a character, whereas this is you're explaining a culture, a mythology, and I don't know how many characters, ten yeah, characters, yeah. something like that. It's a difficult. Iron thing. Man had like kind of three characters to kind of establish. You know, you got Pepper Potts, you got a Happy Happy Hogan, you got Iron Man. Those are the the ones that kind of live in the in the context of the MCU as a whole. And then you've got you know obviously uh, Sam Jackson shows up, but this is like doing. 12 Iron Mans in one yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Twelve exactly. establishing 12 personalities. And and I'm not I'm not like trying to like say this is a flawless movie, but you're absolutely right. The level of difficulty and the ambition here yeah. is tough. And Kevin Feige said, just off the top, like he said that Chloe Zhao's pitch for Eternals was the best pitch he's ever heard for a movie. So like maybe what her vision for what it was isn't what we got. Maybe there's some studio intervention there, but like I fully like trust what she brought to the table in terms of where they want to take the MCU and, and Feige buying in on that and saying, let's run with this. And, um, you know, there's going to be another Eternals. What are we talking about? Yeah. Or at least, at least the Star Fox stuff will tie in with that. I think that's going to bring it in and all that, which I'm hyped for. And, um, it'll be, it'll certainly be interesting. That, that is cool. I mean, that like kind of brings it into a traditional, in my stupid brain, superhero context. And then we figure it out from there. But, um, but yeah, it's a messy kind of opening album, but I'm, I'm interested yeah. to see what they take and pull from. I, like you said, Ken, I'm not, I'm really curious how much these characters feature going forward. If they're, if they're really going to be core or, and if they are, which ones are and which ones mm-hmm. aren't and, mm-hmm. and go for, from there. Cause there's a lot of cool actors in it. It seems like Jimmy Chan and, and uh, Richard Madden. Yeah. Are the kind sure. of the ones that they're, they're making obviously Kit Harrington. Seems like they're maybe prepping that for its own spinoff of some kind or something. I don't know. We'll talk about that here in a second. But before we do that, we need to say thank you to the sponsor of this episode, Keeps.com. We want the entire Man Fam to look good. We want the entire Man Fam to feel good. And as guys, so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair. From how it feels after getting a fresh cut to the way it's styled before going out. That's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Because let's face it, no one ever wants to go bald. But thankfully, there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. It's just a fact. The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription, but now, thanks to Keeps.com, you can visit a doctor online and get your hair loss medication delivered to you at home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months. So you can say goodbye to those pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. They offer generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. And you may have tried them before, but never for this price. And Keeps treatments typically take between four and six weeks to start seeing results. So it's important for you to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll keep. And find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews 
than any of its competitors, and more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just 10 bucks a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month for free. So if you're ready to take action, ma'am fam, prevent your hair loss and stay looking fresh. All right. All right, so we've been we've been pretty pretty heavy here, guys, on on kind of the <laughs> the exposition of all the exposition. So let's kind of delve in, I guess, into more of the the plot point. Now, I I was I think we're kind of all in agreement. First third to a half is uh, you're, you're kind of you're kind of fighting through some stuff. I I think that there's a lot of quality there. I think my biggest gripe, Richard, I don't know where you come down on this, but but you're you're typically kind of uh, pay attention to this stuff like me. The uh, could use a little little uh, little help with the dialogue. A bit. Yeah, there's a lot of cheesiness. On a lot of line. cheesiness, and yeah, a lot of like um, weird like syntax and stuff, which I <sighs> I thought would be on maybe was on purpose because they had like lived so long that they you know what I mean they they mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. this way of speaking that maybe you know over like any of us would over thousands of years you would you would maybe sound archaic or something if you still spoke like you did 300 years ago but it was just kind of you know i don't it never came through it's just kind of uh mm-hmm. yeah it was a little cringy a little cheesy um a little you know and that's why you're the best i mean i didn't say <laughs> that but you know that kind of exposition like all right yeah okay cool cool, cool. yeah um especially like the stuff around um some of hike's character like with the Sort of like um, the I'm trying to think of what the way they like portrayed her as this like maternal wise the way all that dialogue was like mm-hmm. very like mm-hmm. by the book cringy but uh, right right but you know I love Salma Hayek but not great casting there yeah I mean I'm never gonna, I love Salma Hayek I, I, she's the best so I, I I but I'm I'm kind of just in the bag for her so I could be could be wrong. Um, but yeah, it was. But that character was just weird. I, I was. I agree that character felt off. But I, I couldn't really think of how to fix. You know, I didn't know who mm-hmm. I would have rather have seen in that part. Um, it was cool to see. If we're talking about casting, it's like I hadn't seen Angelina in a movie like this in twenty yes. years. It felt like so that was cool. That was. I was the the badass nature of Angelina. Yeah, I was forgot. Was to, total full force here, and that yeah. was not, that was unexpected. To be quite honest with you, I thought she would play more of a an ethereal role here yeah. too, and it was it was a total warrior role, and I was like, holy moly! Still had it in her. It was like Mister Mister Mrs. Smith all over again. Or sure. Salt. Sure. I was a little. I'm not disappointed, but like they, they kind of build up Thena to be like literally the goddess of war. And, and then you pretty much see her fight for minute tops, you know? And I'm not a big fight scene guy. Like I don't really care about all that stuff all that much, but I just, I think I expect, especially when you get into the, we're still going to avoid spoilers for just a few more minutes, but especially as you get into the, the kind of conclusion of it all, didn't really get that kind of showdown that I thought we were leading to with the way that they that that she was built up. So I was I was a, I thought her character was really cool and was done quite well. But the I maybe could have used a little more of like here's here's the uh, the fulfillment of the promise we've kind of been laying for for the right. last two hours. You know, right? That was a bit of a a disappointment for me. Totally, and it wasn't like peak B A Angelina, but it 
just any kind of dusting of that, I kind of just it was cool to have that revisited a bit. I'm you know, going with I'm going with it was peak BA Angelina. I got vibes of that. Did you? I didn't get Total. there from me. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I hope I, that'd be cool. But I it feels like a, a Angelina sans is upon us. Yeah, she's got a couple stuff, a couple things in the works, and had that one movie earlier this year. Um, yeah, I mean, that, uh, I like it. I've always liked Angelina Jolie as a as a screen presence. I've always found her enormously charismatic, and and uh, and so it'd be cool to revisit that. But it kind of felt like to me, it felt you know when you're listening. I always use this analogy, but when you're listening to like a rock band in their 40s or 50s and it's kind of over, but then they throw one riff in for one song that sounds like when they were 27 and like really peaking for a whole album, you go, oh man, they did that. Now she did more than a riff. I mean, she did, you know, several songs worth of, of awesome and she could totally do it. And that's at the movie's fault. That's to me that she didn't get there. Not, not her performance at all, but it was just like, oh yeah, this is what this was. This was cool. I'm excited to see this again. It's been a long time really. She hasn't mm-hmm. done a – she was a really – I mean, a great actress, won the Academy Award, but a really cool action presence for a long time. But, you know, Gone in 60 Seconds was over 20 years ago now or something, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. – it's you know, Tomb Raider was 20 years ago. All that's, you know, through the sands of the hourglass of time, and, and uh, she could still totally pull it off, so it was cool to see her. And she went really art house for a while and all that, and then obviously all off-screen stuff like the – you know, whatever she has, nine kids and things like that. She doesn't do a lot of movies, but it was cool to cool to see. Yeah, it's funny how Marvel can get anybody they want. Literally, <laughs> I, yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah, name somebody they can't get. I mean, I heard I mean, Roman Polanski's doing the next Marvel movie, so <laughs> they're pulling I said it people off. they want. I mean, they can get anybody. <laughs> I don't think they want want him. Uh, so yeah, I think the stuff with Cersei. Uh, and whatever his name is, uh, Kit Harrington's uh, Dane. His name is mm-hmm. in the movie Dane. Uh, his, I guess his his human name is Dane. We, he'll have a hero name at some point. We'll get, we might get there, but yeah, you got to set that whole story up and give them a presence and a a uh, story that people care about. I mean, we got to set up Sprite. We've got to set up. Uh, Kingo, we've got to set up Icarus, we've got to set up all this stuff basically in the first act of the movie, right? And I think once we're about 30 minutes in and we get Kingo's life in present day where he's the, has become an actor for like decades, to me that's where the movie really takes off and like we're fully in a Marvel movie at this point, and I was mm. really enjoying myself basically from that scene on for the rest of the movie. Like, it was really hard for me to get get my uh, bearings, but once I did, I was in. And my biggest yeah. criticism overall of this film is the creature design and the physics and CG just were not up to the standards of what I expect. It was way more DC than it was Marvel in terms of what I would expect uh, the physics and maybe it's just tough to make supersonic people and things like that. It's just really hard to make it convincing and not look weird, but yeah, a lot of rubber band man action <laughs> in this movie. And your boy, Barry Kogan or Keoghan or whatever, Brian, you love that guy. Right? Oh man. Spoiler dude, alert. Of course here. he plays a creepy cult leader. Of course, of course <laughs> he does. That dude is so, he's a great actor. 
If he ever pops up in my life, I am out. That dude creeps me out so much. He's he's got real scars guard energy. Like it's it's Bill Scar, whatever the, the clown one is. <laughs> yeah. Bill Scarsgard's in this too. I want nothing yeah. to do with it. Yeah. He Bill's, is? What's Bill Scarsgard in this? He he's was the, uh, uh, the, the weird crow, um deviant whatever. He's no, the one like the CG yeah. face um, yeah. guy. Yeah. That was like oh. the the Ultron t- the looking face dude. Crow is. His I want name. that dude to do like a uh, do like the a Netflix Hallmark movie, and because because the whole time I would I probably wouldn't watch it, but if I did, I'd just be waiting for him to turn out to be a serial killer the whole time. It'd be a really funny bit if he did uh, if he just did a wholesome Hallmark kind of rom com around the holidays, but it would stress me out the whole time. I thought the scale and the visuals of this movie were pretty outstanding other than the deviants themselves i thought looked pretty crappy like they looked like garden hose monsters or something i don't know what was going on with that it felt more like transformers to me the the creature oh, design I it felt like, like it was a, an animal an animorph kind of kind of creature design animorph there's a, there's a reference i liked that or, uh, but what i what's the what's the animals in transformers you know what i'm talking about like the uh the, the dinobots the dinosaurs the dinobots thank you yeah. Yeah. yes maybe a little animorphs too beast wars but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go yeah how much do those go for how much does a dinobot go for in the open market Personal surprisingly a little bit more than the real thing so yeah, yeah. longevity and stuff i loved the ship i don't know the flat ship design that they had in this i thought that was epic and incredible and you know sometimes the simplest designs are the most effective and that was a case for that for me i don't know if that's directly out of the comics or not but sometimes you can overdo uh ship design and things and put all these crazy have all these crazy iterations of stuff to make it look sci-fi but sometimes the like the monolithic look is the most creepy and the most science fiction to me. And I thought that they nailed that with this. I got a lot of 2001 uh, vibes with this and just Mm -hmm. the entire, the fact that, you know, we've done time travel in the MCU before, right? We've, we've got the time variance authority on the Loki series, right? We've got a lot of stuff in towards the end of Avengers with, with time travel, but this really felt like, okay, the entire scale of the world is explorable now because of, this and because there's been intervention from the existence of humanity that we we know about you know so it really Mm -hmm. feels like i don't know like a scene in babylon sounded crazy before this movie but like when you see it in this it's like man that was pretty awesome and it kind of made sense you know so i don't know what to think about that like i'm kind of against time travel as in general as a cop-out for storylines or an excuse for storylines, but I don't know. I'm kind of kind of into the where they're going with the time travel thing or jumping timelines because this one does it every other scene. It's past, present, yeah. past, present kind yeah. of thing. And it works because it's very – it's back and forth, so it's not like – It's almost rhythmic. Uh, yeah. It's almost rhythmic, yeah. It, it's very easy to follow, but at the same time, I hope that they don't – it doesn't get too messy down the line. 
Yeah, I will say didn't love didn't love the jumping. It was easy to follow. You guys are right. Like it was very clear where we were, and so I appreciate that. But like it felt like four hundred scene changes in the first hour, and that that drives me crazy. Yeah, I liked the setup of of having Cersei in the real world, and then you had this whole flashback movie, basically of like who she was and why this relationship with this man is is hard for her. You know. So I kind of enjoyed that, but I don't know if you could have done with all those flashbacks. <laughs> you know, it was just like crazy amount, yeah. but I understood the point of it and to give, you know, to kind of flip it on its head where we're showing people how they are now and then who they used to be or where they have come from and who they are now, especially with Festus. Fastos. Yeah. I mean that whole storyline in itself. I like. I really liked the the flashbacks there and stuff. So, I mean, I think it makes sense. But I think there probably was an easier or a more effective way to do it that wouldn't have been as as sloppy, and it wouldn't have been two and a half hours. Maybe you, you tighten it up a little bit. But are you yeah. guys with me on like the the fact that the movie picks up energy kind of midway through and and kind of holds that energy, or is that just me? No, it definitely it definitely does. I just. It it's a it takes so long mm-hmm. to get the old band back together. Yep. To the point that even like Makari, who I think was pretty great, like that was one of my favorite of of all the Eternals. I thought she was awesome, way cooler than the Flash, and way 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 cooler than than Sheldon Cooper Flash. But but the <laughs> it's I mean she's sort of an afterthought. Fastos is almost an afterthought. It's yeah. like, all right, we got to go get that guy. Um, this would have been an interesting way to use the Disney Plus stuff. I know they don't sure. want to make the movie yeah. super contingent on those, but like, I would love a six episode series of context and gathering the band together. Mm-hmm. Maybe one episode right. on each character, and yeah. then the, we go to see the movie, and we know, and we're sure. off. Now, I don't know how that works business wise. You know, it might right, be confusing right. to people that didn't do that and. and Having that um, dependency might be tough, but that's how I, if I, in an ideal world, I, I think that would have been a cool way to do it. Yeah. This movie did start with an opening crawl. I don't know. I don't feel about mm-hmm. that. I don't know how effective it was. <laughs> it was kind of wordy and a lot of felt, phrases yeah, we felt, didn't need to know. There was no music right. to it. So it was very, very kind of odd. Uh, but I did like the entire notion and Chloe Zhao, I think got this really well. The notion of gods among men and the fact that these people are eternal gods and are all powerful beings. And I think she really displayed that power really effectively without making it, uh, uh, I don't know, it, it it felt like these people were real world people that kind of had this supernatural ability. Whereas instead of like in a Snyder movie, and I'm sorry to make this reference, or like even in the real world they're like super jacked. And so, <laughs> does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. they even have superhuman traits, even in the real world, like they're, they're beautiful or they have all these um, incredible, uh, you know, they're Bruce Wayne or whatever it is. So to me, like if these feel like real people in a real world, that just happen to have these, the supernatural ability and like they've had to deal with real world crap, man. You know, mm-hmm. like they're living in, on earth, you know, and they're, and they're not intervening because there's no deviance. So they're basically not eternals until they have to be. Right. And they, they don't have to be until like thousands of years later. Right. So 
this whole other time they've had to be people. And that to me, that was really effective. And I like the, to your point a little bit, Kent, but also I like the difference though. Like some of them felt living amongst us, but some of them felt like, you know, Karis and, and, you know, Kingo is like the movie star, right? Some of them like, mm-hmm. I, I like the variance in how um, each of them adapted to being yeah. eternal. So some of them really still had to stand out and, and were really kind of cold to humanity. And some really kind of felt you know, over those 5,000 years or whatever felt part of humanity because they'd been big amongst these people for so long. So the nuance in that I thought was cool. Um, the way each one kind of reacted differently to the circumstance of being here for thousands of years with nothing to do. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree with that. That was a, that was a fun storytelling part of this. I think, I think the story of this is really, really pretty good. It's just the sort of the, the exposition and the, the dialogue and sort of some of the, the the details of it. I feel like I I feel like I like almost every scene in this movie. I just don't love it all compressed together until you get to the last hour. The last hour, I think you're right, can't it flows and it it feels um comfortable. And maybe that comes back on me because I'm I'm very basic when it comes to these things, you know, and these these kinds of movies. It's like, yeah, I know this is cookie cutter. That I like the cookie, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's like it's yeah. fine. Um, and it, it, you get into the like kind of comfortable swing of things by that point. Um, it's just, it takes a long time to get it there. Yeah. I'm interested. You know, I think people were thrown off at how dark this was, to be quite honest with you and, yeah. and how real it was. And yeah, it does have some sci-fi elements and probably too much. Like it really, I think it's so jarring between real world stuff and, crappy CG to be quite honest with you that it's it's kind of a whiplash effect where I don't know it's got it's got kind of that dark night serious grounded real world nature but then people are shooting lasers out of their eyes two seconds mm-hmm. later or sure. have uh, swords and uh, made out of light and things like that so it's it's tough to really take it too seriously in that context because this is a science fiction comic book movie but I mean, like, I just was absolutely loving the, some of the places that they were able to go, um, in the, uh, with, with the time travel thing, like the Amazon scene with Druig, you know, and his, his whole uh, place he was hiding out or whatever it was. I thought that was really, really awesome. I mean, the, the scene with Festus and Hiroshima, I mean, Heartbreaking stuff. Fastos, not Festus. Festus is for the rest of us. Festus. Fastos. Festivus is for the rest of us. Fastos, I'm sorry. Asbestos. Festivus. I should call him Festivus. Fastos. Yeah. Fastos. Maybe that's where he came from. Festus. I don't know. I saw him Festus. Influence Seinfeld. Yeah. I wrote it down as Festus in my notes. So that's that's on me. <laughs> Fastos. That Hiroshima, I mean, that was that was heartbreaking. I mean, he's like blaming himself for humanity's technology growth basically because it's got it goes back to the greek gods right richard explain this to us explain how all this goes back to the greek gods and how most of this is based on yeah at least some of that stuff well i mean all superheroes to an extent are i mean that Mm -hmm. mythology goes back forever and and uh but that's what's interesting i mean it's what's great about greek mythology and specifically when it comes to the gods is that the 
you know, in creating these myths, it's, it's really identifying and, and trying to find the sources of problems in humanity. Meaning, yes, these gods are known for their heroic qualities for sure. But what differentiates most of the Greek myths are their flaws, you know, and those stories of um, of the Titans down through the gods, down through the, the heroes who are, you know, the half gods, half, half human things. They're always enormously flawed in very specific ways. Um, that you're supposed to kind of glean uh, insight from. So, so these characters show that really well. I mean, there's, I mean, all like I said, all superhero movies, and particularly Marvel he- heroes, really draw from that. Um, but these, you know, it's a lot more linear. Where you go, you, you can really see um, the variance. Like I was saying, in how they react to humans is the big one, right? I mean, when you go through Greek mythology, there's a lot of of, of titans and gods that are very res- not resentful very dismissive of, of humanity and very over it and think it's their little um cogs in a machine and little little thing play things but then there's there's greek gods that really have love for humanity and and find something in humans that they can't even find in in their kind and help and guide and do all those things as well so um that that's really illuminated here as well yeah 100 percent um to me, what I really enjoyed too was, I don't know if it's a twist or a reveal. Let's call it a reveal. So maybe a spoilery reveal here. The reveal that Arsham made the deviants. And that the Eternals, you know, they're basically what they call them, fancy robots in the movie. Mm-hmm. I loved that. And how the, the end game here, no pun intended, is not for them to protect the earth, but for the earth to basically seed this new celestial being. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought the celestials were freaking incredible. I mean, every moment the, the, uh, Arsham's voice, I mean, so good. I don't know if you got to hear that Richard in the theater, but <laughs> I did. It was, holy it was, moly. That was, that was done so been, yeah. well. And I hope the celestials are a big part of this. Like the scale of that was just unbelievable. And, I guess spoilers coming up too, but like the end with the uh, celestial kind of coming out of the ocean was, I mean, all of all the CG that was crappy in this movie, that was not, maybe they put all the budget into the celestials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The big iron giants. Yeah. I liked it. it was good. Yes. They look cool. What'd you think of the, now that we kind of got on the spoiler territory where, 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 where it can go from here. And what'd you think of the, the credit scenes, Brian? So that was like, I mean, that, that, that really is kind of be, will be the, the sort of the, you know, uh, make it or break it for this movie historically. Cause I do think you're right, Kent. I, I think that when we have more context for this movie, it will be, it will like it better. It will be well, more well received historically than, than maybe it is, uh, right now. Um, because I do think this plays a big part. I, at this, you know, as much as I would have liked for it just to be its own thing or the Eternals to be their own thing and not be connected, um, I thought those the post credits were very interesting and they definitely tell you there's a lot coming, you know. There's a lot. There's a lot that, that was laid out here that's gonna be a part of what what move what what happens in the series move forward for phase uh whatever. What are we in? Five four? Five I don't know. And by know. that you mean just a full Pip the Troll trilogy. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Full trilogy at least. Uh two hundred mil a pick, I would say. Yeah. Um that would be that would be uh ideal for everyone. I think we all agree. We Absolutely. All agree 
Yeah, I thought it was. A, I mean, look, they were odd scenes. I most of the time with these these uh, post credit scenes, there's I would say about half the time I've been like, yep, get it, totally understand, and about half the time like, don't know what that was. Got to go, got to go Google it. Yeah, this this was that. uh this was definitely the Google variety. It was like, okay, well, there's Harry Styles. I I get that part, but like, <laughs> what? Uh, and I mean, you know. This is already a beautiful cast. Do we really need Harry Styles? That right. feels like too oh, much. Not honestly. to mention we get the Mahershala voice for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's too many, really. <laughs> yeah. um, there's, there's only so much that, that one movie can take. Uh, but but the, the, the idea of like, all right, here's this guy. He is... Uh, he is this. He, you know, he means this to to this person. He's related to Thanos. How does this all break? You know, you got to go. You got to go break those things down. You got to think about it. I mean, that that feels like an easy tie into Guardians Three if they want to go that route. Um, and then you know whatever is actually happening with uh, with with Cersei and um, and uh, uh, King or uh, uh, Fastos and and whoever else. I I, I don't know. There's there's a lot there that that can be that can be done. And then you get that second one with Kit Harrington, who <laughs> there was a moment in which I was like, Oh right, Kit Harrington's in this movie. We forgot about that. He was he was here for three minutes. And then and then you kind of think, Oh right, he'll definitely be there's gonna be some kind of setup, right? Like they're not just casting Kit Harrington and paying him whatever you, you have to pay him for him to be a love interest for five minutes at the beginning and a minute at the end or whatever. So that uh that post credit especially even made even less sense. You know, it's just more like, okay, I'm going to, yeah. I definitely need to go and, and Google that one and see what we're going. But this is going like to tie in apparently to King, the conqueror who we met was Jonathan yeah. majors. Correct. Yeah. So we get some King, the conqueror. I, I mean, I really had to go look this thing up. That is apparently, I, I don't know if you guys did the same, but that, that sword is the ebony blade. It is, um, his character is going to be the black knight. Yeah, Black Knight. So Dane is related. Dane's uh, uh, bloodline is sort of an offshoot. His his whatever uh, ancestor was a cousin of King Arthur and an adversary of King Arthur. And so we're getting that. And then that voice, like you said, Richard, in case... Because I was trying to place it. I was like, I, I recognize that voice. I'm not sure who that was. It is Mahershala, Mahershala Ali who will be playing Blade. So that's what we're... That's what that is leading up to, which that's that maybe interests me more than the than Eternals and uh, such. That's, yeah, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, kind of can't wait for that point. But yeah, I mean, how long? I mean, we're we're gonna be seeing, I would guess, the the sort of uh, the fruits of those post credit scenes, and and by proxy, this whole movie uh, played out over the next five to ten years, you mm-hmm. know, and that will yeah. be. That will really decide was all this worth it, and was was this just one big giant setup for what is to come, or or does it stand on? This its is own just a setup there? for the Celestials. Pretty good setup, I thought, for the Celestials and the Black Knight and Cersei and maybe Icarus. We get something yeah. with that too. I mean, well, it, I with cool. this, we're gonna next couple movies, we're gonna find out if these if the new MCU really is eternal. Hey-o. Richard Barton. I like that. ESPN. One more thing I I liked as well was uh the deaf character. Big big year for uh deaf representation in cinema. Sure. Number yeah, one of the year sure. is, is Coda, and then this was was strong too. I, I like that. I like that we can cast cast deaf actors and people can read subtitles. Get over it, people. These people yeah. deserve 
deserve a chance just like everyone else. And I thought it was awesome. And um, I'm excited to see where they go with that. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was well done. It was good stuff on keep, that front. Keep it around. Mostly good casting too. You know, I mean, there's there's a point at which... Did they have to get permission from First Sprite, by the way, to she's use awful. that name? She's <laughs> awesome. I'm sorry. I know she's... I, I hate dogging on, on, you know, younger actors and actresses. She was the, the worst part of the movie by like a mile. It was... It's not fair to her. You're on the screen with like Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek and all these like very charismatic people. Um, but like she was rough. That was pretty, it was pretty yeah. cool. I'm, I was glad they kind of wrote her off at the end of uh, Don Lee. Badass. He's awesome. Yeah. Give me. I was real bummed by Don his Lee death. And he's probably my favorite character of the of the bunch. Yeah. Gilgamesh. Yeah. He was cool. He was really cool. That was my favorite too. And I love the epic of Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. And I like. I just think that's a cool story, and uh, I had to read it in high school. It was like one of the few things I liked, and so um, yeah. that was a cool, like, th- you know, I just like that name too. So it's just, it was just, that was my favorite as well. I was going to ask you, what do we think of the sort of tear, uh, tear down? I, I thought, yeah, Sprite was good. Uh, what's your, what's your Eternals tier? Let's see here. Let's go, Athena. Um, Kingo liked. By the way, I was a skeptical of Kumail in an yeah, MCU we movie. I thought he nailed it. I thought he was great. It would have been weird if his character had no. If you cast a comedian and he had absolutely no comic relief, but when they brought that in, I was like, "Yeah, um, yeah." No, I agree. I agree. Uh, once they kind of established, once it was established, like what his character really is and who, you know, what he's like and stuff, it, 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 uh, it, it fit it sort of slid into place. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Cersei was great. I thought, I think Gemma Chan is a star by the way. Yeah, she's awesome. I think she's a, a movie star. Super, super charismatic. I think that's one of the real, and I'm I'm pretty much done. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. like the 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 whole back and forth, the the scene shifts, the exposition, the the world building that takes a long time to get us to where we're going. I think that's one of the detriments of it of the movie. If you if 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 I'm uh, downgrading this movie for certain things, which I I will be most likely, I guess, in my grade, still kind of talking myself around where I'm going to end up. But you don't get a great chance for a while to see uh, Jimmy Chan. Richard Madden, yeah, Angelina, some of these people who are incredibly charismatic and interesting on screen, they don't really get a chance to do it. Richard Madden was a great example because I was like, I've seen this dude in a lot of stuff, and he's got real presence, and he is super wooden through the first like hour yeah. of the movie. And some of that's the role. I get it. It's this like he said his inspiration was, was what's his name Superman. Um, Cavill. I was like, that's probably not the best inspiration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like this, it's a kind of an odd combination of, of that version of Superman and, uh, the, the main character on the boys, which I was not a show that I, I stuck with. I can't remember dark star or something. Do you remember this? Can't that, that you watch that show yeah. anyway on, on Amazon? Um, just like, there's no, my, my point being because you're spending so much time shifting around and jumping in the timelines and all this sort of stuff, you don't get a great opportunity to be like, holy crap, that person's just just bouncing off the screen. Like they're mm-hmm. just so good until you get into the back hour or so. And then it's like, oh right, Richard Madden is charismatic. Like he is 
a very good actor. He's not just kind of wooden on screen stuff. And, and I think same for, for Jimmy Chan and Angelina and, and kind of the rest of them. So it's just, I understand why it is that way. And I understand that this is like, this is the price you pay for setting up this kind of a world and stuff. But you do kind of feel like, oh man, we're missing a little bit of that as you're watching the first half. Absolutely. This one's going to be tough to grade. But uh, I think with the context of what, what it is, I'm probably going to give it a B plus. What about you, Brian? Um, I'm going to go with... I do think that it's going to be better with time. But I also, if, you're, if somebody out there is listening and hated it, I feel like you could definitely say we're giving it a lot of credit because Chloe sure. Zhao directed it. You know, if oh, I'm was, not. I, I, I don't... I mean, to, to be honest, I didn't see a lot of Chloe in this movie. I, agree. I mean, it had yeah. her, it had her color timing and things like that. Her cinematographer did not shoot this movie, so it didn't really mm. have that. Uh, so, I mean, I, I saw her more in like the themes of it than I did in the actual shooting of it. Like, I'm not giving it the benefit of the doubt because it's Chloe. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt because I think the context of this movie is going to matter, <laughs> and um, yeah. No, the only I, reason I'm, sure. I'm not super high on it now is because I don't understand it, but I know I will yeah, at some I, point, and I will be right. able to get higher on this. I just think it, we this gets oversaid, not just by us, but by, you know, sort of film and, and TV culture at large. But like, it's a very common refrain to be like, this would have been better as a Netflix series. This would have been better as a Disney Plus series. And then Eternals 2 or The Eternals or whatever is the movie. That would have been, to me, that's probably the ultimate way to get the most out of this story and these characters because, because the story's really good and the, the characters are really good. Yeah. yeah. It's just, there's just so much that you're trying to cram into a movie that's already probably a little bit too long. It's, it's you know, simultaneously too long and also not enough there to like really flesh out some of the Chloe if, like, if it's so. a series. I don't think Yeah, Chloe no, I, I think you're it. I think you're totally right. I it, it's so you, you you take what you can get and it's just, you know, uh, choosing one thing over the other. I I totally understand. Um but anyway, I I'm going to give this a I think it's really a B minus movie, maybe even to C plus. I'm going to give it a B because I think that that when we have sort of the context of what's to come, it will, you know, it'll slide, slot in a little higher. So B for me, what about you, Richard? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Brian. I'm going to give it a B. Um, my optimism on it is really trusting the infrastructure of, of what right. Marvel does, not necessarily in film by film quality, which they've executed on, but an overall vision and trusting that the stuff that doesn't make sense to me right now will at a later mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Or at least further. will. There you go. There's our immediate thoughts on Eternals. I'm sure we'll have more down the line because we love to talk MCU as the years go by. Without further ado, let's hit a quick weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. What you got for me, Richard? Yeah, I've got a kind of an interesting one. Uh, I've got a Netflix show. It's been out for a while. It's on season two. But I've kind of gotten into this racket over the last year or so and this is kind of a fun little sh- I watched it just because of that and it was ended up being a fun little show uh, it's called The Most Amazing Vacation Rentals have either of you seen this show on Netflix yeah I uh, have yeah it's yeah cool. it's a cool model it has the the luxury one with the guy from uh, Million Dollar Listing it's got the budget one with um, uh, one of the other hosts and then it has a unique one 
and each person kind of has their t- it's just a good kind of binge in, in one or two nights one of those shows like those and it and the, the difference is the thing that sets it different than the an HGTV version of, of something is that it's got the Netflix budget behind it. So they, they do some pretty, go to some pretty crazy locales and see some pretty, I'm a architecture and, and property nerd. So I love all that stuff. So I thought I'd branch out. I've done enough books and records and stuff like that lately. I do a, a slightly reality show. So that's, that's mine for the month for the week. Nice. Awesome. That's what do you got, show. Brian? Yeah, I'm going to recommend a show that I, I'll be, I'm be a little lazy. I recommended, previously this year uh but but Lindsay and i binged it um in the like late spring early summer and the uh, new season just started so my recommend is uh weekly recommend is, is yellowstone season four just started yeah. last night on uh sundance no i'm sorry paramount, paramount network not paramount plus yeah not paramount, the, the channel yeah because we can't we just can't get can't more figure that out on <laughs> on our stupidity um i haven't had a chance to watch it we, we just got back from vacation like late last night but uh probably tomorrow the night after it's like a i think it's a two hour episode but uh really good show really fun uh you can watch the first three seasons on peacock if you've got that i think it isn't i think it's in the free tier too or it might be i don't know it's five bucks yeah. a month whatever i thought it was a paramount is it peacock no so, it's like, so the, weird yes, yeah, yes great the, point <laughs> the original so the new season is on paramount the channel not paramount plus again to be clear the first three seasons are on peacock yeah they suck. okay they i'm sure the, you can catch the, reruns on paramount the channel too if you want to do that why did paramount sell the it was before they had paramount plus they sold yeah. it on a five sold deal. it oh yeah. man that's a so thing i'm sure it'll get moved that. over yeah, everybody's binging exhausting. it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely exhausting. All the things that we're having to deal with uh, on this front, but Yellowstone's really fun. Um, I think I said last time the first season, especially, is like this weird mix of peak TV and a soap opera. Yeah, absolutely. And it and it changes from like scene to scene, not just episode to episode or anything like that. Season two kind of starts to find itself. Season three is fantastic. So I'm and I'm really looking forward to uh, to what season four has. In store for us moving forward, but it's a lot of fun. It's really good. It's good writing. Taylor Sheridan, really good yeah. uh, showrunner and everything. So, uh, or writer and director and everything. So check that out uh, on <laughs> on it's Paramount, different the things, channel, yeah. and then also Peacock, but not Paramount Plus. There you go. Don't even think about it. Paramount Plus. <laughs> what about so you, Kent? I, What's your weekly? Yeah, I uh, I finished Midnight Mass, Brian. Oh my gosh. Oh, nice. Holy moly. Blew, blew me away. Absolutely blew might, me away. Might be the best show of the year. And I love... One of the best things I've seen Ted Lasso, ever. love Mayor yeah. of East I mean, Ham, love all that oof. stuff. Midnight Mass ruled. Oh, so good. It was so unexpected and just uh, so well shot, so imaginative, He's uh, great, so well man. acted, so well written. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but... Mm-hmm. It's worth your time if you're into anything like thriller or anything kind of I don't know family drama type stuff. It's yeah, uh, it's a it's great really character study yes. for sure. And so don't let the. I would hope that more people. I mean, everyone who listens to the show knows I hate horror. I get really creeped out by all that stuff, and I I think it's the best thing I've watched this year. So <laughs> you know, I I hope that that yeah I I, that convinced Sarah to watch something. it. Man. You're yeah. recommend. She was like, uh, she's like you. She does a little more horror than you, but she doesn't like supernatural stuff. Mm. 
She like started five minutes of it. She's like, mm, I kind of think I see where this is going. So I think I'm out. And then mm-hmm. yeah. like five days later, you recommended it. So I went in and told her, I was like, hey, I think, if, you know, Brian's a huge wimp. So if he watched <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. he'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. She loved it. It, it honestly, it is it, tough to get into it. I mean, honestly, after the first episode and you're out, keep watching it. Like, mm-hmm. let's just say like midway through the season, it, it, it takes a turn and- a great turn. <laughs> and I, I get, I get very excited. Like once, once I got to like episode, I don't know, four or five, I was just like, I just wanted to watch it immediately. Like I, I was, I just couldn't, uh, I don't know. I just kept thinking of possible, possible scenarios of where this could go and where it could mm-hmm. end and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it. I thought it was the perfect thing for a slow burn type series for a seven episode. Like this will be too short to be a movie. And if this was a movie, we'd be saying, gosh, I wish this was a series because I feel like this could be fleshed out into a, like, if we got to know these people in this town a little bit better and that kind of thing, you know, and this really, Mm -hmm. you really get a chance to do that with this, but it's not too much. And I I mean, I'm, I'm blown away by Mike Flanagan and what he's been able to do. It's so funny because I was watching it. My wife didn't watch it with me. I watched it in, uh, on my own and I went in her room the other day and she was watching a movie called Gerald's game mm-hmm. <laughs> and I w- she was watching it and it had Kate Siegel in it, who is um, in midnight mass and is, dur- and is uh, married to Mike Flanagan and the movie Daryl's game was directed by Mike Flanagan. I was like, mm-hmm. Holy crap. She didn't even know like that. Mike Flanagan had directed Midnight Mass, but she knew I was watching it. It was just a weird coincidence that, like, right when I finished Midnight Mass, I walked into the room and she was watching a Mike Flanagan movie with Kate Siegel in it. It was a checking very, out the Gigi. I asked her, no, I asked her, I said, Are you watching Midnight Mass yet? And she said, No, I'm not. I was like, Wait, what? Yeah. And I didn't know, but um, yeah, I, I yeah. mean, his movies are are incredible. I mean, <laughs> to be he's honest, really, like, he's really good. This guy knows uh, after I recommended deal. it, Kent, I had, I'll send you guys the link. We, I had a listener, um, link me to a, uh, like an, I don't know, an op-ed or whatever that he wrote for, I think for bloody disgusting or mm-hmm. something. One of those websites. Cause I mean, you, you watch midnight mass and you're like, I, I think I said, it's like, this is clearly very personal. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Um, but that's speculation. Anyway, he, he wrote an op-ed for, uh, for that, that website and it, a really good. It was very well written, but, he went into kind of the production and the way that this thing all came about and how long he's been oh, cool. sort of I like to read that, ruminating yeah. on this. It's re- it was very, very good. A lot of times those kind of things don't really interest me. It's like, it feels okay, like I this is it. his masterpiece, but, honestly, in a weird way. I mean, it feels like it's yeah, his it's his magnum opus. He's yeah. got I don't know how, how he could freaking top this. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of um I don't know, like the the significance of the story. I think is like beyond anything he could do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to spoil it again, but like, watch it. Yeah. It's, it, it's so just good. like, it, it's more than a, it felt like more than a show. It's almost like a Ted Lasso type of thing where it's got, it's got such a bigger like feeling that it carries that it's yeah. like more than a TV show in a way, but yeah, check it out. We say all the time, passion projects, usually you're going to end up with like, this is the best thing I've done or this is total crap because it's, you're so close to the material. And, um, I think that that is very clear here that that was, it's, it's a serious thing for him. Very, very personal 
probably kind of um, sorting through some stuff, you know, while right. making it and everything. And and that that can go very poorly, but but it if it goes right, it it turns out usually to be just like something that kind of transcends everything else. And he's very very good. I mean, I, Doctor Sleep you, was awesome. That's that's yeah. a movie that I've revisited a couple of times since we watched it. I think I like it more now than I did first time and I I was very high on it. So he's uh he's got something. He's a he's a very talented dude. So I I, I don't know that that uh he seems like somebody who has a lot of ideas in the well, you know. So hopefully he he's he's uh, an up and coming voice for, for a long time. A lot of really interesting concepts on horror. He did one called Hush in twenty sixteen. It's like a slasher movie. It's basically about a um a woman who can't see uh, is she blind? I don't know, but it, it, it's a, it's an, an interesting take on a slasher movie called Hush. And then he had Oculus in 2014 and then he had Ouija origin of evil, which is actually Ouija too, because we, they did Ouija and it was terrible, but then they made another one. They gave it to Mike Flanagan and that one's, I don't know, I think 95% on Rotten Tomatoes or something crazy like that. So I think they got the property to work with, they gave it to Flanagan, give it, get, let him do his take on it. So yeah, this is somebody I would give any property to. And I mean, honestly, the stuff, it seems like this is written and directed by him. Like it comes from his own mm-hmm. yeah. personality is the yeah. best. Yeah. And his yeah, wife too, sure. Kate Siegel co-wrote it, co-writes yeah. with him too. And she's, she does great work, but, yeah. but yeah. All right. There's week of recommends. There's Eternals. We love you. Thanks for listening. We know it's nine hours long, but it was worth it. Twenty-hour-long movie. Uh, we'll be back next week with more movie talk. We hope you'll uh, join us then. Hit subscribe. We'll see you soon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.